Attended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua and Summer, here from the Battleborn Fan Talk Network, talking to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, before I get today's episode started, I just want to say I hope everybody's holiday break was good. Um, you know, we have a new year that just uh, kicked off, and let's hope it's a good one. Let's hope it treats, uh, you know, beliefs well and i'm really excited for what's to come so happy new year to all you guys listening and uh let's talk some beliefs it's uh, been a while so beliefs finally had a game on new year's day against the ottawa senators uh limited fans limited fans i think it was what a thousand people it looked like there was what four <laughs> um on tv but um the leafs hosted the ottawa senators their first game in at least two weeks uh, since the COVID outbreak and then the holiday break and the season pause. Uh, but the Leafs came out firing, you know. Um, really unexpected that a team that went through all this, that had such a big break, came out and beat the Ottawa Senators 6-0. Now, I know Ottawa's not a great team and all that stuff, but to see a team to have a layoff as long as they did, to come out and just like come out firing, like Justin Hall scored, um, you know, the first goal of the game. It was actually really nice, you know. It was his first in 47 games, and uh, he joined the rush uh, while killing a penalty, and, you know, he put it through Murray. I honestly was really surprised. I was happy for him. Like I said, if you listened to the last episode, you can't just scratch Hall or, you know, send him down or whatever, you know, fans are calling for all over social media. You have to let him play through this. He is a vital piece to this team no matter what people think, given how thin the Leafs are on the right side. So... It was nice to see him score on the, you know, a shorthanded goal too. It was nice to see him finally get his first, as I said, in 47 games. Uh, Then Mikheyev, you know, welcome back, Cobra. Uh, That speed that he showed as he blew by Lassie Thompson, who don't, like, he's a top prospect in the Ottawa system. And the way Mikheyev was just able to use his speed uh, on the penalty kill and, you know, get the Leafs that second goal, like the second shorthanded goal of the game as well, uh, that was vital. And, you know, that's going to be big moving forward as the season goes along because when you have a player like Mikheyev that, uh, you know, with his speed and, uh, like I said, the high-danger chances that come with him, if he's able to finish those, uh, those are, you know, important in playoff games and stuff like that. So everything this season is about, you know, is it translatable into the playoffs. And I think Mikheyev's play, if he keeps up to the standard, this is extremely translatable and it will give you a huge advantage in playoff series against, you know, elite level teams. Like we know Toronto's either gonna play, you know, Florida or Tampa or Boston or Pittsburgh, whatever wildcard team, like they're gonna be a tough opponent and you need shorthanded threats like this once in a while. And like I said, it provides that advantage that you just can't find anywhere else in your lineup. Uh TJ Brody, <laughs> three point game from him. Did not expect to be saying that. Uh, you know, he really got that uh offensive game in this one. Um one goal, two assists. His goal, the wraparound on the back end, was actually really nice. And uh, Brody's not known for his offense, which was why this was so uh, surprising. But, you know, he's got a good salary. And 
I wouldn't mind him contributing a little more offensively. I think he needs to with the salary that he's making. But, uh, you know, just a great game from Brody. And I think he's been an under-the-radar player this season. I think he's done a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong. He's had his ups and downs. But uh, TJ Brody has looked really good um, in this last little six weeks that the Leafs have actually played hockey. Um, I know he started the season off a little slow. People weren't happy with his play, especially last season too. A lot of people were complaining, but you know he's really picked it up a notch. And um, you know I would like to see a little more offense, uh, more consistently through him. Uh, but what about Kerfoot? You know Kerfoot drops a, a three apple game. Um, you know a guy that really doesn't get talked about often, and his versatility is so important. Like um, yesterday, Matthews had a false positive test and. Everybody expected him to be out for, you know, five days. But Kerfoot was the guy they they uh, sent into Matthew's spot. They, you know, switched him to a center. And that's just the versatility that he brings to this team. And that's why he was kept over Jared McKinnon. I know a lot of people don't like that move still. But this is what Dubas um, acquired McCann for. So that we have this luxury of keeping Kerfoot um, because of the versatility that he brings to this lineup. And for instance, and for situations like this, this is why he's valuable. So, you know, Kerfoot, three points. Um, I'll take that any game. You know, obviously, he's not a three-point-per-game player. Nobody in the NHL is besides maybe McDavid. That's it. But even that's insane. Um, but, you know, I, I really want to see some more offense from Kerfoot. He's playing, you know, in a big role this year on the second line. And, uh, you know, I think once he starts putting up a little more uh, numbers for a stat line, then uh, this is going to be a really nice top six for the Leafs. And I know it's been really good so far, but I think Kerfa just needs to provide a little bit more of a spark uh, himself instead of leeching onto Tavares and Marner. And I think we really have a threat uh, to any team in the National Hockey League up front. And so, like I said, 6 nothing kept Ottawa off the score sheet. That means Jack Campbell got his fourth shutout on the season. He was perfect for saving all 23 shots. Uh, Campbell wasn't really busy at all. Um, he did make a couple really nice saves, though, uh, in the beginning to keep it, uh, you know, 2 nothing Toronto. But, you know, a shutout, it's a shutout. I'll always take that. He was perfect on the night. Campbell's just having, a, like, a spectacular season. And uh, a lot of people were like, oh, the wear and tear with him. This COVID break here in the season that we had that mini pause, although he did test positive for COVID, um, I think this really helped him because it kind of gave him that break that was really needed the last couple weeks here. Um, and with Morazic coming back, I really think um, this, you know, rejuvenated him. And I think he's ready to go for the second half of the season now. And hopefully Morazic stays healthy, right? So that he could have this, um, you know, I, I guess workload um, restraint with Morazic, who's definitely going to see a lot of starts as well. So this way you can, you know, ride the... Uh, him all the way through and have that sustainable presence and goal between you know the 1a 1b situation that Dubas was planning for in the offseason uh, so you know Toronto's next game is tomorrow night against the Edmonton Oilers in a game that we didn't expect Matthews to play but it came out today that Matthews's PCR test was negative so Austin Matthews will be in the lineup tomorrow night um, Leafs are looking almost like a full team they're almost like, they're really close to being 100%. Uh, however, their opponent, <laughs> their situation got flipped. Uh, the exact opposite of Toronto's. Connor McDavid has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, you know, this was just a little while ago that the news came out as of the time of this recording. 
So Austin Matthews will play. Now McDavid will not. McDavid is landing on the COVID-19 protocol list. So he will be out of the lineup. I expect Dreisaito to fill his role on the top line there. And obviously that's huge for Toronto. You know, this is a team that's already missing. Nugent Hopkins, who's day-to-day. Uh, Zach Cassian's in COVID protocol. Uh, Mike Smith is day-to-day. And Chris Russell's on the IR. So the Oilers are banged up. Um, you know, the Oilers had such a strong start to the season. And I remember watching the first couple of games, and I was really, you know, I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, this might be the year Edmonton actually goes on a run here. And I didn't think they were going to be Stanley Cup Finals, but um, I really thought that they were going to go, you know, have one of their best seasons in a long time. And not to say that, you know, the season's over for them or it's nowhere near that. But, you know, they lost four games in a row now. They're 18, 13, and 2, and they're fourth in the Pacific. They really hit a down patch here. And, um, you know, that's not good. And obviously you want to see top Canadian talent like McDavid and stuff like that, you know, uh, have their best years and hopefully um, many championships. Uh, because, you know, no matter if you like the team or not, it's always awesome seeing um, elite players and uh, stuff like that get their championships. You know, I was, I don't, I'm not a Washington fan at all, but it, I really enjoyed seeing Ovechkin get a Stanley Cup. Um, let's hope that we get one for Spezza. Because I know he deserves it. But, you know, this Oilers team, they like I said, they're not what they used to be at the start of the year. And uh, their power play is still, you know, number one in the league. But now you're taking McDavid out of the lineup. So now this is where it starts to get interesting because you're playing a Dreisaitl-led Edmonton Oilers. And Dreisaitl is very capable of taking a team on his back. Like, we've seen it time and time again. Even with the national teams. What he's done with Germany... He's just a phenomenal player, one of my favorites to watch, and he is awesome on the power play. Maybe the best player in the NHL on the power play. I know McDavid's on his team, but I, in my opinion, I think he's a better power play guy than Connor McDavid. And but you know they both suit each other perfectly. You know he's that one A one B option, and Pittsburgh had that for a long time, and they were really successful with Matt, uh, Crosby and Malkin. So I'm really excited to see what Edmonton you know can do in the future with these two. But without McDavid tomorrow. There is no question that this is huge for the Maple Leafs. And I'm I'm expecting a win out of this because, like of the names I said, Nugent Hopkins, Cassian, those are big guys in the Edmonton lineup. And, you know, it would be really good for Toronto to come out and with four points out of four points since this uh, extended break. Um, but one thing that's different about Edmonton since the last time we played them they actually aren't as, they're not scoring as much, not nearly what they were at the start of the year and when we first saw them this season. Uh, they're ninth in the league now. Um, they're averaging three goals a game. You know, that's a huge drop-off from, from where they were when uh, the Leafs met them the first time this year. Um, and even the face-off percentage, uh, there's, don't get me wrong, they're still top 10, but they dropped to eighth. So Toronto needs to, you know, obviously... This is going to be an offensive matchup. I think if you win the face-offs, you maintain possession, you score a lot of goals, uh, there's no reason why Toronto can't come out of this with a win. Uh, and also, Toronto has the advantage in net big time right now with how the season's been playing. Uh, Koskinen versus Campbell, I'm going to take Campbell all day long. Or Mrazek, who, whoever, which one of the one starts. I'd actually probably give the start to Mrazek, you know. Um, give Mrazek a game, then the Leafs go to Colorado. So And then we start that road trip. Give Mrazek a game. 
um, do the 1A, 1B so that we have the solidity going into the back half of the season. Uh, the Oilers still give up a lot of goals. They're 22nd in the league in that category. Uh, they give up a lot of shots on goal as well. They're 26th. Uh, the penalty kill is about where it was when uh, they played the first time. It's about league average at 14. And uh, they don't take very many penalties. Uh, actually, they're really close to the top 10 in that, sitting at 11. So uh, if the least power play remains as hot as it does, you know, Toronto should have no problem in this game. There's really nothing pointing to the direction that Edmonton uh, has any advantage in this one. Um, so, you know, I don't want to jinx the team, but the Leafs need to win this one tomorrow because uh, the points are so valuable in this Atlantic division. And, uh, you know, these are games that, you know, if this team wants to be taken seriously, you need to win. So, you know, looking forward to that game tomorrow. I love watching Edmonton, Toronto. Always fun. Always offensive. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's actually gotten chippy here and there. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm hoping Toronto does what they did the first time they played them. Um, now moving on. Uh, this episode, since it is the first one of, you know, 2022, I do want to do a bit of a what to expect in this, like, year. In this year from here on out. So there's going to be three things I'm going to talk about. Number one is... The trade deadline. So that is coming up. We're a couple months away. The trade deadline is always my favorite time of the year. You know, I love trades. I love the trade rumors. I love all that stuff. Um, so what comes for Toronto at the trade deadline? The thing with Toronto is there's no real problem if you look at the team on paper. Now, this is a problem the Leafs have had in seasons prior. You know, you look at the team... And especially last year when they brought in Felino and all those guys, there was like you can't look and see a problem. You can't like there's not one oh this guy on the third left winger slot or uh, this right-handed defenseman in the top four. Like those are just team needs. Like those any that's a wish list. So there's no real problem with the Leafs lineup right now when they're fully healthy. If anything, there the only problem is that you have so much talent you don't know who to fit in that you know top four lines on the Toronto offense. Uh, but the trade deadline, there is one player that I really want Toronto to go out and get. And here's the problem. He plays in New Jersey. Um, the money is, you know, not extremely high. It's, it's, it's around the high, but it is fittable. It's uh, in the fours. And that is New Jersey Devils defenseman, Damon Severson. Now, I'm not going to go all into depth about, uh, depth about Severson in this episode. This is just what to expect, and I just want to touch on the deadline as this is the first episode of 2022. So, Severson is my guy for the deadline, right-handed defenseman. And But here's the thing. So, Dougie Hamilton was placed on IR at the time of this recording this morning um, for a broken jaw. Damon Severson is going to be stepping up on the power play one for the Devils. And he's since Hamilton's been out with injury, um, well, when he left last game with an injury, Severson has really stepped up and he's playing some really good hockey and he's getting points. So now that Hamilton's going to be out for about, I, I don't know the exact timeline, they haven't said yet, but usually a broken jaw is about four to six weeks. Severson's going to have that four to six weeks in that primary power play one spot. And if the points translate, 
you know, that just makes his value go up. There's going to be a lot more teams interested. So if that happens, then I can't see the Leafs getting into a bidding war. But, you know, this is a guy that really stepped into this Toronto defense, and they would take it to the next level for sure. And he's a player that, you know, he hasn't had all the playoff experience, um, you know, extremely little to none. But Severson is a guy that he plays the game tough. And, um, you know, I think Toronto just lacks that a bit still. I know it's been said for years. But on the back end, you just don't see the same hockey from Muzzin anymore. And, um, you know, I really think a guy like Severson to come here and who plays a 200-foot game, he has that offensive touch, but he's also a really good defenseman. Uh, you know, I think this could do wonders for this Toronto hockey team. So that is the first thing on what to look for in 2022. My second thing is obviously the postseason, the playoffs, everybody. I've never actually seen a team in pro sports that has every little uh, bit of success in the regular season bring up the postseason, the playoffs. Oh, is that going to be – can you do that in the playoffs? Oh, what's this team going to do in the playoffs? Oh, is that is Matthews going to score that in the playoffs? Everything's attached to the playoffs. Rightly so. This team has underperformed heavily in the postseason. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making any excuses for them. But Toronto this year has really impressed. And I know a lot of people were kind of sleeping on their moves – I know if you listen to the first episode of the Battle of Warmies podcast uh, back in September, you know that I was very um, upset about how Toronto media was portraying Dubis and how he didn't go out and replace Zach Hyman. Well, in my opinion, look at the guys he brought in, right? Look at Hyman's salary. We were able to fit so many players like Michael Bunting and Richie and Camp and Kasha. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. I know it's uh, a while ago, but, you know, this team is a really good hockey team and it's okay to say that i know the playoffs and this was a great team last year as well but this is a really good hockey team and they have guys like michael bunting and kasha and camp and these guys are so important in my opinion because they are different players than the Leafs have had in seasons prior even nick ritchie ritchie has been extremely underwhelming and he is a guy he was a guy that i was banking so much on and i thought this was going to be a really nice piece here and I even thought this guy had potential to score 30 goals playing on the least power play where he was at the start of the year. That obviously went the exact opposite. Um, you know, he only has one goal, but Richie's a guy that he's not afraid to get into, you know, the dirty areas or to drop the gloves. Same with Bunting. Look how tough Bunting is. And I know he's not the biggest guy, but, you know, Bunting's always getting into scrums and he's always getting his head dirty. And that's what you need in the postseason you need that grit and i think the Leafs are finally starting to get that grit from even the players in the bottom six guys like wayne simmons who's been here a couple years now he's playing his role perfectly this is a team that has everybody buying in right now the only thing is that i'm a little worried about is the killer instinct and i know i've talked about this before a lot of talk after that loss to montreal is about do the Leafs have a killer instinct and even management came out and said we need to find that killer instinct you know, there's been games this season that I don't see the killer instinct. And what I mean by that is the Leafs will go up, you know, 4-1. to one. Like, I remember the Columbus game in December, right? Uh, they were winning, like, 5-1, and then Columbus came back for 5-4 in the last minute. So, this team needs to find that killer instinct still. And 
it's not something you can just find right away. I think the team is doing really well in trying to find it. Um, obviously, last year it's hard to bank on anything. We saw what happened in the postseason. But if this team's able to stay healthy, the way Jack Campbell's playing, you make a couple moves at the deadline, there's no reason why this team's not a Stanley Cup contender. It's okay to talk about that. This is a really good hockey team. You know, there's a lot of guys on this team that look a lot more mature. Guys like Matthews, Marner, even Nylander. Nylander this season has been actually, I'm not going to say my favorite player, but because obviously that's Matthews. But my favorite player in terms of growth that I saw from this year to last year, it's Nylander. Nylander has been so good this year. He looks so much more mature. He's making a lot less mistakes and, um, you know, turnovers. He's been a threat on the power play. He's been a threat anywhere in the lineup. Anybody he, he's playing with, whether it be Matthews or if he's playing with Tavares, this guy's production is still there. And this is a player that I really think was going to grow into a better player as he got older. Um, like I said in the first episode of the Battle of One of These podcasts, but Nylander, in my opinion, has just really taken it on himself this year. And he's been a whole different Nylander that we've seen in years prior. So... You know, I have high hopes for this team. Obviously, right now, it looks like they'd be playing Tampa or Florida, which would not be an easy matchup at all. Uh, honestly, I think I'd be more scared of Florida um, than Tampa. I know Tampa's back-to-back champs, but Florida this year looks incredible. But, you know, this is a really good hockey team, and it's okay to believe. It's okay. I know this happens yearly, and it's, you know, this is the year, and then the playoffs come, and the opposite happens, but... It's okay to believe in this team because we have not seen a Leafs team like this in a long time. And if players like Muzzin and Justin Hall and, uh, you know, Kerfoot, if these guys just pick up their game a little bit, uh, this team, oh, this team, sky's the limit. And I'm not saying those guys are having bad seasons. Well, some of them are, not all of them. But, um, you know, if they are able to find that next gear and that play that we expected from them, there is no reason why this team cannot, you know, at least go to the second round, no matter who they play. Because I, I'm, I'm a believer in this team. I said it since day one of uh, the Battle for Leafs podcast. I think this is a really good hockey team. They've shown me they're a really good hockey team. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see what's to come in May. And the last one I'm going to be talking about um, for this 2022 What to Expect episode is the stats. Now, I know at the start of the year I forecasted um, that I thought Marner was going to win, uh, I mean, lead the league, in, uh, lead the team in points, potentially the league. I thought he was going to have a monster season. I'm going to change that answer now as we sit here about halfway through. I'm going to say, I think, to be honest, I think Nylander might actually finish with the most points. Um, I know that might be a little bold. I know he's tied with Matthews right now at 33, but and uh, John Tavares, uh, but I think Nylander, <laughs> I do. Um, you know his. His play this year just gives me no reason to doubt him. He just looks like such a more mature player, and he looks so much more dangerous offensively, and he's doing more of the gritty kind of play than you know the finesse style that we saw with him previously, and he's been so fun to watch, and he's doing it against top teams too. This isn't a guy that's just you know scoring against the bottom feeders. He's got goals against Tampa Bay, goals against Colorado, Vegas. This guy's scoring against elite teams, so I think that's really translatable throughout the whole season I think he's going to have you know a really successful finish here down the run now in terms of goals there's no question in my mind it's going to be Austin Matthews Austin Matthews 
is the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League for years to come. Obviously, Ovechkin's still playing at a high level, so Ovechkin probably has the current title right now, but you know, when Ovechkin's time comes to an end, there's no question it's going to be Matthews. And I know a lot of people talk about Pasternak, but you know, we, we're seeing what Pasternak's doing this season, right? He has two assists in his last eight games. Austin Matthews is a complete monster, and he knows how to put the puck in the net, and there's nobody in the NHL uh, in terms of goal scoring that I'd want on my team um, to start a franchise with than Austin Matthews. Uh, in terms of, you know, goaltending, uh, it's got to be Campbell, right? Like, we saw what he's done at this, uh, you know, first half of the season. We haven't seen really much from Mrazek, you know, obviously due to injury, but there's just no way I don't think that Mrazek can, um, you know, come in here and do what Campbell did in the first half, given, uh, you know, the way Campbell's played. It's, it's been Vesna worthy for sure. And, you know, he's in a contract year. That sucks. Uh, obviously, I hope Toronto keeps him. I think he has a good attitude about this kind of stuff. I don't think he's going to, you know, ask Toronto to break the bank for him. But uh, I do think other teams are going to be seriously interested because, you know, Jack's been really, really good for Toronto this season. And he's actually been a huge reason to why they have been such a, a successful hockey team. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect any of this from Campbell. I thought he was going to be, you know, a good NHL starter maybe. I thought that was maybe his ceiling. But now he's, he's like elite goaltending starter. And uh, if he can keep this all the way throughout the season and into the postseason, wow, I cannot wait to watch this Maple Leafs team, um, you know, like I said, come May. Because, you know, Campbell has been stellar. Yes, he's had these games here and there, but, you know, what Campbell's done this season, you can't, you can't say anything bad about him. And uh, the last one, defenseman. Uh, so I'm going to – let's give uh, awards. Let's make it more fun. So – Obviously, the Norris here, no question, is Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley's having his best season ever as a Leaf. I think that extension, like I said, really gave him that motivation. And, um, you know, I think it also gave him a bit of security. And he really just hit that next stride. And ever since then, he's been an absolute monster. So, Norris, in my opinion, would be Riley. Uh, Vesna, for sure, be Campbell. And now for Team MVP... <laughs> This is a tough one. Team MVP. Obviously, I, th I think I have to go with Matthews. But I also have this feeling that like if the Leafs get to the postseason and you know they start doing so well, I have a feeling like John Tavares, you know, Captain Johnny Toronto, is just gonna take the team on his back. And you know, if they do get to a final or a conference final, I really think uh, John Tavares is gonna be vital to that, given his play this season. You know. A lot of people are hating on John, saying, you know, he's up there in age. He's slower now. Yes, he's not the player he was years ago, um, but this is still a really damn good hockey player. And the point total show that. The peripherals and the advanced analytics show that. This guy was on a mission to make Team Canada. I, I feel so bad that there is no Olympics for guys like him and Sidney Crosby, Brad Marchand, Bergeron. But... John Tavares has been a monster. And I have a feeling that if come playoff time, although, you know, I have that bias towards Matthews and, you know, I really like Nylander and Mitch, but I think Tavares is just going to have that, you know, that second half here and, and the postseason have that success that this team needs. And that's why they're paying them the money they are. But, you know, for team MVP at the moment, 
it's no question it's Matthews, right? So I think Campbell also deserves a fair amount of credit for it. Um, he, he'd probably be my second option, and then third would be Nylander, and then fourth would be Morgan Riley. So that's all for me today. Um, you know, let's hope 2022 gives us a good year. Let's hope the playoffs uh, can give us, you know, a lot better memories than the past. And I'm really excited for this team. You know, this is a really good hockey team. I can't say that enough. So Leafs Nation, um, it's okay to believe. Uh, I'm certainly believing. I know we do this every year, but believe me, this team is exciting. This is a good hockey team, and I can't wait for what's to come. Thank you all for listening. Go Leafs go. (laughs) 